All aboard the train, the Carolina Outdoor Train. Each week we come in to break down four different segments for your listening pleasure. Along the way, we hope to introduce you to adventure, to what's happening in the outdoor world here in the Carolinas and even beyond. Your host, Bill Barty, on this side and over on that side is Christopher Lawing. That's right. And I started off with this Christopher Lawing with all aboard the train because after the pandemic, uh, this just came out. Uh, Richard Stradling had it in the News and Observer. More people riding trains in North Carolina than ever before. A record number of people rode North Carolina's passenger trains in the month of September 2022 as the rail service has made a strong recovery from COVID-19 pandemic. So the Piedmont and Carolinian trains carried almost 49,000 people during that month, according to the North Carolina Department of Transportation. That's nearly 15,000 more people than the same month back in 2019, and about a third of the number than the average pre-pandemic monthly ridership from 2014 to 2019. All of that according to NCDOT. Why are we talking about that on the Carolina Outdoors, the introduction of the Carolina Outdoors? Well, the reason is this is the final weekend of the North Carolina State Fair. And Christopher, I know you spent plenty of time in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I wanted to find out that is the location of the NC State Fair. I wonder, have you ever ridden the train and attended the North Carolina State Fair? And if you have, can you give us a report? If I have, say yes. Yes is the answer. And it was an amazing experience. What's really interesting about it is um, when I when I went to NC State as a student, I did take the train a number of times, and that was, I mean, very very polished, great uh, experience, easier than airfare. Um, another great thing, though, was after I graduated college, and the state fair was still going on, so I. Um, would take the train up to the state fair. They have a stop that is right on the fairgrounds, so you can get on in Charlotte, ride the train up that 4964 corridor, yes, and stop right on the fairgrounds. And it's about three hours being on the train car itself, but the waiting room at the train stations is not stressful at all. It's just an easy-peasy experience, kind of like the golden age of travel is uh, still here in the modern age. Just hop on a train and go. Well, we're going to delve into your time at the, at the State Fair in Raleigh this year. We want to find out what's going on. Both State Fairs, this is the Carolina Outdoors. Christopher Lawing, sitting right here, is an eighth-generation Charlatan who has celebrated what North Carolina brings to the table each year, each harvest, each bounty in Raleigh. I grew up in South Carolina, just across the border. Clover, South Carolina is my town. So we would go to Columbia. Now, Columbia is a lot closer by car. 
um, you can just cruise down there, maybe an hour and a half or so. And I did attend South Carolina's State Fair this year. So we can have a meeting of the minds, a sharing of the info, if you will. And if you're waking up early listening to us via the airwaves of WBT early on a Saturday morning, you still have time to head to either State Fair. You may have to get those tickets if you're going to ride the train Um that's for sure. And I'm going to share a little bit more information because it seems like the train is not going away. So back in 2018, NC by train ridership got a boost when uh, DOT and Amtrak began a third daily round trip of the Piedmont. The Piedmont and Carolinian served an average of 38,651 passengers a month back in 2019, and they're looking to further expand the rail service. They're going to add a fourth round trip of the Piedmont in 2025 when a new train station is scheduled to open in uptown Charlotte. And that's working with Virginia to establish a high-speed rail connection between Raleigh and Richmond over the old freight corridor. So a lot's happening via train. It's kind of a a modern, if you will, a throwback. Some would say, you know, state fairs have been going on a hundred years with barely an interruption. Uh, even it, just the exception being some war uh, times and the pandemic times. But um, what a fun way to go to a fair at the at the Raleigh State Fair, and it's going to end Sunday, as well as the Columbia South Carolina State Fair. And I'm I'm excited to hear that train travel is back on the rise. I think that's one of those mode of transportations that's easily forgotten about. You think about, uh, especially with Raleigh or maybe Columbia, but just driving, or maybe I can do a quick flight and it'll, you know, not take me that long. But train travel is very comfortable. Amtrak overall is a great service, and so I'm thrilled that people are riding that train bill, and whether it's going to the fair or going to points beyond, it is a wonderful way to travel. Check it out, ncbytrain.org. Of course, that is a state-subsidized program, NC by Train, um, but they're getting riders, so check it out. Maybe get your ticket. I think it's $27, Charlotte to Raleigh, one, one way. And away you go. So, Christopher Lyon, over on that side, tell me about your visit to the North Carolina State Fair. Anything unusual that you got to see or any unusual food that you may have gotten to enjoy? It's it's interesting, Bill. There is always interesting food that makes its way to the fairgrounds. I think I read this year about some new kind of fried pickle that was going to be on site. And, yes. of course, all the sweets and treats. But you know me. I'm a simple guy, and so I'm always drawn to the NC State University's booth for their uh, campus-made howling cow ice cream, which is made from the campus's dairy herd. So that's always a favorite. We got uh, the the um, what was it? Mint chocolate chip ice cream. They had a long line, but uh, it was it was <laughs> it was worth it. And then. Um, of course, the local Kiwanis clubs that are serving their ham biscuits and the local Methodist churches serving their hamburgers. But, you know, they have funnel cakes. They have cotton candy and candied apples and things that you would never think about. I remember the first year that the Krispy Kreme burger was on the menu. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. At one of these booths. It was uh, maybe 2013 or 2014. I can't remember. But I ordered it that year. Uh, haven't ordered it since, but enjoyed the experience nevertheless. It was a burger and lettuce, tomato, everything you think of. But instead of a regular bun, it was uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Like, like a glazed donut? <laughs> glazed donut. So tell me Cut about that. Tell me about sugar meets grease. I mean... Sugar and no joke, grease. Oh yeah. Was it was it good or was it uh was it too unusual to enjoy? It was an overpowering of the senses. It was very unusual. I think I'm still processing those flavors from a few years later, but um it's uh you know, it was it wasn't bad. It was just different than what you expect. Well, you think you're simple. Let me tell you about my experience at the South <laughs> Carolina State Fair because I'm even more simpler simple than that um i passed the the fried oreos and and all of that that was there and i've really just stuck it easy in one of the uh venues there they had the world's largest can largest candy store and and it is pay by the pound at least in the brown barrels I was given those directions, and I paid special attention to. And then you can walk through the maze and fill up your bag, your your peach basket, if you will, um, full of candy, and then they weigh it at the end. Now, is it really the world's largest candy store? Uh, maybe not, but there's more candy than you could ever even think of seeing from all decades, it seems like, from the 1920s, if you're going to get a, a, a Tootsie Roll to the 80s with a now and later or a giant sweet tart and everything in between um it was there so i rolled through that thing and i was taking it easy and still you know those things are expensive that's so, a lot of sugar yeah straight up sugar <laughs> no crispy cream getting in the way sugar it was just straight into your bloodstream sugar and i also um got a foot-long corn dog you know they dip it there at the fair and um so it's fresh and it was good and then um lastly i had a chocolate dipped um vanilla swirl uh ice cream cone yum that sounds delicious and that is what i did along with uh, a ferris wheel ride so I yeah, got all my. Wheel. I did go up because I grew up going to the fairs um, as a livestock exhibitor. So maybe there's a little bit of fondness in my heart for attending the fair because I can remember being an exhibitor at the fair um, with some some good old Black Angus cattle. So I went in. I always go into the livestock barn to to see what's going on to see who gets blue ribbons. Now none of the cattle had had gotten there. There were no the cattle was not there yet, and the horses had already left, or at least the shows when I was there. I was there on Monday, which is a, a low time, but I got to walk through the poultry barn and, and all of that sort of stuff to see who had won what, and they have the petting zoo and all of those sorts of things that I was able to enjoy. Well, you and I would have been at the fair at the same time, except you were in South Carolina and I was North Carolina, but um, I was probably walking through the cattle barn the same time you were down in South Carolina at Columbia's because we got to see, for the first time ever, I was able to see the crowning of the, I guess, top ribbon champion 
of the champions of the different breeds of uh, head of cattle, cows, So you whatever. got to see that? I got to see it. They paraded all of the um, different champions out. There were probably 12 or 15 of them. And then right there in front of us, they you know gave out the, what was it, the champion and the reserve champion ribbons. Yeah. So, that was that was an amazing experience to see that because I had never been a part of that before. I I mean I don't I never showed cattle or had any competitions. So that was that was an experience to oh, see that. Man, those are my people right there. So I assume the Angus cattle uh, won. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my big question for you is: there was a four hundred and eleven pound uh, pumpkin on hand in Columbia. Did you check out the pumpkin? This had a big blue ribbon on it. 411 pound uh, pumpkin. I mean, so they had to lift it with a tractor or something else. Undamaged, unblemished, beautiful, heavy. Did you get to see any pumpkins that size in Raleigh? Well, I did. I did. And here's the funny part that I, I still don't understand. I saw some 400s and some 600 pounds. Wow. The heaviest pumpkin and I can't remember how heavy it was. It might have been a thousand pounds, Bill. A thousand sixty-five for some reason sticks in my mind. But the 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 heaviest pumpkin at the North Carolina State Fair came from West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've never figured that out, how you can have an out-of-state entry into a state fair. So still processing that one as well. But yes, it was wild to see some of those pumpkins to see the watermelons, to see, you know, the biggest of the biggest. And I love some exhibits, too. So the fruits, the vegetables, all of that is just We're celebrating the bounty here on the Carolina Outdoors. The voice over there, Christopher S. Lawing. The voice right here, Bill Barty. And we are celebrating along with both North Carolina and the South Carolina State Fairs. And what we're talking about are some of the awards that were given uh, out whether it be for home economics, agriculture. And don't worry, Christopher, because I went through the roses and flower exhibit there where people, citizens, put forth their best, just like you would think of on the Andy Griffith show or any kind of uh, maybe a throwback retro show like that. But some beautiful flowers, beautiful roses were on hand in Columbia, South Carolina, at the South Carolina State Fair and they were put forth by people from Weddington, North Carolina. And there was an exhibit from uh, um, Lexington, North Carolina. So, hey, interesting. you can't cross-pollinate <laughs> Carolinas. And that's where we meet here on the Carolina Outdoors. And you can check us out, Christopher and I. We hang our hat through the week at Jesse Brown's Outdoors, where we're outfitting for your outdoor needs, whether they be local here in the Carolinas or around the globe. You can also check us out at jessebrowns.com. And for those of you who are Carolina Outdoor listeners, we have a discount code for you to use on any of the products. For you, one five, all capitalized for you, one five. That will get you 15% off as you shop at jessebrowns.com. We're going to take a quick break and continue the conversation on the Carolina Outdoors. There's something today for our WBT Radio listeners called the Heart Square Festival. That's taking place this Saturday. We're going to find out what that is after this quick break. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.